In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rumpe batur is the word that in the imperfect indicative passive describes the nets breaking, not just, not just breaking all at once, but um, this process of breaking. There's so many fish in these nets, they're breaking. They're rumpe batur. Stark contrast to the empty nets that they were before. St. Peter reacts to this and says, Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. On his own, he has nothing to show for his efforts. He has nothing to give. He has empty nets. We don't know nothing. I mean that deliberately with deliberate grammar. We so often confuse something for nothing and nothing for something. We don't understand nothing. Nothingness is what eludes us. We so easily see nothing and we assume nothing's there. The, the older fish swimming past the two younger fish and he asks them, how's the water? And the one younger fish looks at the other fish and says, what's water? We don't recognize the air we breathe as something. We think that it's nothing. If we want to experience nothing, we need to go to the vacuum of space. There is nothing. Air is something. Air even has friction. But in space, you can flail your, your arms, you can kick your legs, and you're not moving anywhere because momentum is P equals MV. You need to throw something, whether it be gas or liquid or solid, in one direction to have motion in a different direction. But on your own, you're just, you got nothing. St. Peter realizes he, can, he has nothing. In fact, he has less than nothing because he has sin. And the Lord says, don't, don't be afraid. God understands. The image of the vehicle that you've heard me use before, take another turn with it. The vehicle that has, you know, every feature and, you know, imagine your, your favorite vehicle, luxury car, whatever, sports car, but with no gas, no oil, not even water in the radiator. It's just a, it's just a paperweight. We require the presence of God to be fully human. We require the presence of God to be alive. We require grace. We are only fully human when we've been transformed by grace and are visited by the indwelling of the Holy Trinity. When we think we have something to give, 
we're mistaken. Over this last week, I had to be in Minnesota for 48 hours for the, the last funeral mass and the burial of, of a dear friend. She married one of my college buddies. She's mother to my oldest godson, my first godson. And in the, in the face of these six beautiful, kind, innocent children from ages 6 to, to 20, I, I knew I have nothing, I have nothing to give them. I can't make them happy. Only God can make them happy. I can't give them life. Only God can give them life. I don't even have my own wisdom to give them. Only God has, only God knows what, what we need to hear. Fittingly, a few days ago at a graduation party, someone asked me, and she's told the story to others, so the story is fair game. She asked me, Father, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I looked at her and I said, well, I, I turn bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. So what more do you want? <laughs> but in reality, it's because I have nothing. I have nothing. Don't let anyone tell you you are nothing. You are something. You're something beautiful. You're made in the image and likeness of God, but you have nothing. You have nothing to give. Your hands are empty. The vehicle is made to convey a person or things from one place to another. All of its attributes, all of its perfections, its, its bodywork, its engine, its wheels, its suspension, the, the transmission, the, the radio, the paint job, everything, all of those perfections you might compare to your virtues. Your virtues are perfections of powers. But I think we too easily mistake that our virtue is what we have to give people. So think of the virtues you have or the virtues you want or the virtues you recognize in other people. Courage, temperance, charity, patience, knowledge. Instead of, for the sake of this thought experiment, instead of thinking of those virtues as nouns, think of them as adverbs. Because the car isn't conveying itself. That's not its gift. Its purpose is to convey something or someone to another place. So the, the wheels and the engine and all that, that describes how... Its purpose is going to be fulfilled with great speed, with great agility, with great style. What do you have to give other people? You will, you will be giving it, you offer it with your virtues. So you, you have something to give people courageously, knowledgeably, charitably, generously, patiently. Your virtues describe how this gift is given to other people. But what is it that you have to give other people? 
You have nothing. I have nothing. Are we giving them life? Are we giving them joy? We are if we're giving them God. If we're not giving them God, we have, we have nothing to give them. In fact, we're probably taking from them. We're probably depriving them of life. We're probably depriving them of the goodness of the Lord. Unless we are deliberately giving them God. God has not only created you and redeemed you and given you his grace, but he, he seeks to live inside of you, to dwell in you. And not just for your benefit, but to radiate out and to, and to touch others. And so it's only when we recognize that we have nothing that we will accept that God will give us something even greater, himself. When we come to the altar, we have nothing. We have nothing pleasing to God. We have nothing fitting to give him. The only thing that is worthy of God is God himself. And that's precisely what happens. God, the Father, permits us to offer up God the Son Instead of saying, God the Son, instead of God the Son saying, don't worry about um, worshiping God the Father and, and pleasing Him, I'll take care of it. No, He allows us to participate in His sacrifice. He gives Himself to us, and we're, we're able to be part of this sacrifice that is pleasing to God the Father. When we recognize that we have nothing, we are someone, but when we have nothing, then we can be like Mary and know the joy of the Magnificat and realize that the Lord, is, the Lord has given me everything. In the secret, we pray, be appeased, we beseech thee, O Lord, by the offerings received from us, and graciously tor- turn towards thee even our rebel wills. The offering that we offer up is what he's given us to offer. We take no credit for it. We even recognize and acknowledge that we're, we are untamed You've heard the story before about the, the dad that just before his daughter's wedding, this is 19 years ago, she'd been in the convent for a bit, hadn't taken vows, but she was a little further along spiritually than the average bride-to-be. Dad looked at her in one of those father-daughter conversations and said, I get the feeling you don't really regard me as your father. And she looked at him like, Dad, what are you talking about? I, of course, I love you. Of course, you're, I love you. You're my father. What do you mean? And he said, 
I get the feeling you really regard God as your father. And she said, well, of, of course. That's how you raised me. Little did he know that when he encouraged his little girl to love God, to, to obey him, to say her prayers, and to worship him, that she would take it hook, line, and sinker. And she came to recognize what is, what is of value, where her life came from, wherein lies her dignity, who, who offers her protection from the things that can harm her. Ultimately, it's, it's God who, who gave her life. It's God who sustains her. It's God who teaches her the things that matter. It's God wisdom that lasts forever. It's God who protects her from the, from the things that can harm her soul. She loves her dad. Her dad's wonderful. But he, he's not the author of life. He's not truth itself. He's not protection from evil. But that's true of all of us. We're, we're limited completely limited. So she's able to be grateful for what he, what he can give her, what he, what he gives generously. But of course God's her father. The father who realizes that he had really has nothing to give can find great joy and consolation in knowing that he has nothing except for God. The apostle who, who wants to, who wants other people to be, to be, to be joyful and to be, and to be without sin and to be in heaven and to be in, in, in the sacramental life of the church. We realize I have, I have nothing to give except for God. So we ask, we ask the Lord to, to teach us about nothing. To help us understand nothingness. To be emptied. And to be ready to be sent out into the deep. And to be so full that we are almost breaking And to have no fear. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.